I'm Dave Monaco, the Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. On my last episode, co-host Amari Hayes and I welcomed three upper school students to join us for a broad conversation on living life sheltered in place. We had a chance to consider how teens today are processing this 100-year event, the pandemic, how they are spending their days while sheltered, and what their initial experiences with the parish from a distance platform have been. In this episode, I wanted to visit with another set of parish constituents, parish parents. Just as our students have found their routines upended by the pandemic, our parents have too. For many, the roles of parents and employees have become interwoven and the lines between the office and home blurred. Others of our parents, especially those with younger children, are now playing central roles in their children's education, helping to manage the details associated with our Parish from a Distance platform. I was curious to know how contemporaries of mine were processing the pandemic's historic and global impact and how they were managing or surviving the new work, home, parenting, and adjunct teaching realities associated with the pandemic. Joining me in this episode were Lisa McCarrig, who has three young girls at home, two of whom are in our program at Hillcrest, Kathy Kohler, who has two boys, one in lower and one in middle school, Adam Demetrio, who has a fourth grade daughter, and Jason Creel, who has a son in lower school and a daughter in upper school. I'm sure you parents listening will hear affirmation for some of the experiences you've had over the last month of sheltering in place while listening to these terrific parish parents. Enjoy the episode. Well, welcome to the From My Angle podcast. Last week I had students and we talked about the pandemic experience. Who better to bring on this week than some parish parents who are now doubling, tripling as at-home employees, parents, school teachers, things they never expected just a month ago when we entered this new world of the uh, pandemic. So thank you all for coming. We're so glad to have you. I'm going to ask you all to go around, tell us who you are what uh, uh, age your student or grade level your student is in, how long you've been in the parish community, and then we'll dig into our conversation. So let's, let's go to the uh, mom with the youngest and the uh, most children at the, at the house. Lisa, get us started, please, with your introduction. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Lisa McGregor, and I have three girls. My oldest, Caitlin's a first grader, and she started in pre-K four, so... That means we've been here three years. Um, I have a daughter, Harlow, who's in pre-K three, and I have a daughter, Gray, who will enter pre-K three next year. Busy house for you, Lisa. Kathy, welcome. Hi. I um, am Kathy Kohler. I have two boys at Parish, Tony, who is in sixth grade, and he's been here since pre-K three, is what they call it now, and Sam, who has also been here since pre-K three, and he's in second grade. Awesome. We're glad to have you, Adam. We're taking it uh, up some uh, up to the up to the uh, uh, Midway campus. Why don't you dig in and do your introduction? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Adam Demetrio. My wife is Kimberly. We have one. We're not as brave as most folks. <laughs> Just one kid. Uh, Abby is in uh, fourth grade. We've been at Parish since uh, kindergarten. Very happy. So thanks, Dave. You bet. Glad to have you. And Jason Creel, uh, he and White Pam were chair of our parish fund this year, which we appreciate it. And also give us our oldest child in the group among his two. Go ahead, Jason. Well, like they said, my name's Jason Creel. I've got two kids, uh, second grader um, over at the Hillcrest campus with Kathy's son. His name is Lawson. And we've got a sophomore named Michaela up at the Midway campus. 
Awesome. So we, we run a pretty good gamut here from uh, across the across the divisional spectrum, which should really um, should really help us. So I, I mean, but really, first, I, I talked about this with the kids. You, you know, to me, in my 52 years, this pandemic, this last month has has been unprecedented, right? I didn't live through world wars. I, I didn't live through the Great Depression. I, I, I lived through 9-11. That perhaps is the most seminal domestic event uh, in my lifetime. So um, this has been, you know, stunning to me in its global scope and, and its speed and the, and the depth of its impact. So I wonder as adults, you know, how are you processing this, processing this, uh, as you and, and how is your family doing in the midst of uh, this global crisis? So, uh, Lisa, why don't you get us started and give us some thoughts on where you're going? Then you guys can can jump in as you're as you're so moved. Yeah, um, we're we're doing okay. Initially, I mean, I don't even know how we were surviving at first with the kids being so young. Um, we've obviously, like Dave said, I've never experience anything like this and it's unsettling to me that basically the entire world is shut down right now um we're lucky in that our kids you know are old enough to put themselves in the potty chair but are you know so young that they don't have any anxiety over this situation um for us it's kind of just it's been survival mode with getting through the day with them just given their ages um but we're doing okay yeah I, um, what I think is probably the most interesting thing about just kind of getting used to the pandemic is, um, you know, most of us were around in the eighties the and, and we all had like a little bit of a different experience growing up where we might've watched really, um, interesting television with our parents, like maybe the Adam Walsh story and that sort of thing. And our kids had all been kind of protected from the outside world and, and this has been a really good opportunity to introduce my kids to the outside world and, and that grown-ups don't always know everything and that things change every day. Seriously. Yeah, it's an eye-opener, uh, both for us as parents, but even uh, as we think about it, what our kids are, the lens that our kids are seeing it, are seeing it through. How about, the, how about the gentleman? How's this striking you as adults uh, in, in the scope of your lifetime and how you, how you contextualize it? What do you think, Jason? Um, you know, for me, it, it, like you said, Dave, it's, it's unprecedented. We haven't really seen anything like this. The closest that, uh, that we can come to, or personally that I can come to, it would be 9-11. Um, but even with that, we, we could see, um, not, not necessarily an end, but, but we didn't feel like it was going to go on forever. Right. Whereas with this, we really can't see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. Yeah. So, Lisa so that's made it a bit more difficult. Yeah. Lisa mentioned that unsettling fear. And a lot of it is, is predicated on this, this un uncertainty, you know, how long is this mm -hmm. going to go? How deep is the impact and broad is the impact going to be? And so, I mean, that's, that's, I think the hardest thing for us all to process. Are we looking through it up through our own lens, through the eyes of our, our kids, as Kathy was talking about, how are you, how are you feeling uh, as you work your way through this, Adam? You know, I, I piggybacking what everybody said, I um, I agree with obviously everything you said, including Jason there. What was interesting was um, we recently had a call at the company I worked for a few weeks ago, and a lot of the younger uh, employees, it was a global call. It's a Fortune 500 company that I work for. So it was very interesting. It was the whole planet, basically. And a lot of the younger employees were asking, you know, what, you know, 
what's your frame of reference? Like Jason was saying, is nine eleven? Is it uh, the economic meltdown in 08? And everybody came to the same conclusion that's our age, which is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to wrap your you know arms around it, uh, given what's going on. It's affecting every aspect of society. Um, you know, our daughter Abby has questions. Uh, fortunately, not a ton, but Kim and I are news junkies. So one of the big things we're trying to do is kind of not necessarily hide it, but kind of limit it. Uh, fortunately, she tunes us out anyway, like like most kids. So. But uh, yeah, what Jason said, it, it's unprecedented. I've never seen anything uh, that has in that has impacted so much. Food delivery, uh, going out to restaurants, you know, travel, seeing people in person, um, you know, job losses. Uh, I just seems like the Great Depression, nine eleven, what we experienced in oh eight. Um, plus, you know, the movie Contagion all wrapped in one. So, yeah, that's so well said in, in terms of it being it, 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 an amalgamation of almost everything that could go wrong short of war. Right. It, it's got it's got yeah. almost everything to it. And, and of course, the metaphorical language around fighting it has been very, uh, very bellicose and war laden, you know, fighting the virus. And, and it's the silent enemy and the invisible enemy and all and, and all of this. I, I heard an interesting um, take this morning. I was listening to a podcast. I may have been Brene Brown's podcast, latest uh, podcast with Mark Brackett, who does a lot in social emotional work. And she was talking about this pairing of words. So when we think about the words to describe the pandemic, it's usually something. Uh, and we had a little a pre a pre show conversation like this, where you pair a word like anxious and grateful, right? Like I'm grateful to be healthy. I'm grateful for the time with my family that I wouldn't have had, but I'm anxious intermittently. I am unsettled. I'm out of routine. And I thought that was really fascinating how um, Brene Brown was talking about in her, in what she's seeing in her work uh, are people affixing uh, polar opposite sentiments to their reaction to this in terms of just how they're trying to, to process it all. I don't know what Charles' reaction is to that. If you're sensing some of those same ups and downs in your day. Oh, very much so. I think um, there was a term, and I can't remember where, who, who it's from, but ambiguous loss. So, like, we've <laughs> lost something, but we haven't really lost it yet. So, very much, you know, polar opposite feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the time I'm spending with my family, but I'm anxious that I might get sick. So, yeah, very much pulling in both directions all the time. Yeah, I didn't know. Did you have anything on that, Kathy? Uh, did you? Uh, you? Uh, I didn't know if you had had a thought on those words. You look like you're about to come through the Zoom machine. With um, <laughs> no, I think that the whole thing is just it's it's a a real the whole process is an interesting juxtaposition of of life. Like we've lost our impulsivity to be able to go out into the world, but uh, if my kids want to do something at nine o'clock now at night we can go for a bike ride because school doesn't start till later. So we've lost impulsivity that we're used to, but um, we have gained something new and different. Um, so every day is, is uh, kind of weighing out the uh, difference in words that we're using to describe the whole situation. Yeah, no, that's a really insightful thought about how it's just it's it's a new set of uh, it's a new set of opportunities that you can uh, be creative with uh, in just a really different different context. It's a good segue to this question of like how are you generally structuring your days? Most people like you that I'm talking to now about three and a half four weeks into this are saying 
oh, we finally got our routine. Like, <laughs> like, they, like they found some structure. And as Lisa was saying at the start, like really uncomfortable at first, super overwhelming, but uh, now perhaps still uncomfortable, but at least uh, kind of regulated. But like, what does a day look like in, in one of your homes if there is such a thing as a common structure to it at this point? I mean, I wish, I wish that I could sit here and say that there's structure to our day because I'm probably the most structured person ever. But we, while it's become the norm, we're still in survival mode. And when I can get something done, we're getting it done. And it might not be when I would typically want to do it. But I think I've had to, you know, change who I am at the core, you know, to just give up those things that I can't control anymore. You know, yeah. they're not going to school from eight to three and I'm picking them up. I mean, now I'm trying to do schooling while dealing with a, you know, two year old who might not be allowing me to do that. So while <laughs> I normally like to control everything um, and have a schedule we're we're not quite there yet, but we're, we're getting our work done and everything's getting done. We're not up till nine o'clock with the little kids, you know, so we're doing something right. But yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that it looks pretty. Yeah. But we're getting it done. And it feels like the new normal to me. Yeah. I mean. What you, yeah. What do you have, it. Adam? You, we're, well, like I said, I, I don't want Lisa to punch me. We only have one and she's 10 years old. So we're, <laughs> we're a little lucky in, in, th in that regard. Um, the structure has kind of, you know, we're getting through this. Basically, our, our, our theme is patience and humor, um, you know, and you know, you try to get a structure going, but it's not always going to happen. Um, I, I think what Parrish has done is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, Abby logs into her class. I want to, I've got the, the play sheet here, Dave, um, yeah, the playlist which there, we print out, right. we print that puppy out every day and uh, oh, that's yeah. kind of our Bible. So Abby, um, you know, logs into the class 1030, 1130. Uh, we're fortunate to have a tutor who, um, Abby, you know, does Google Meet or Zooms in. I think it's Zoom maybe or just, you know, messages mm -hmm. with to help her at 1.30. Um, it's been great prep, I'm understanding, for fifth grade because we basically tell Abby, you know, you're going to be more independent. Um, this is kind of your chance to shine. And there's some times where she's logged into class late. And, uh, and then for Kim and I, it's funny, um, for those that, who couples that both work, Kim and I are now sharing an office. Kim uh, has always... She's worked from home uh, as a recruiter for the last seven years. Um, she works for a biotech in San Francisco. I, on the other hand, am used to officing out of the Crescent. So Kim now has a new uh, work partner in the office. And we're constantly running out to the dining room because we're both pretty loud. And if we're both on calls, it's kind of havoc. Um, yeah. So we, we, I read an article, Dave, I think you'll appreciate this, where it was about how to survive when two couples work from home and they haven't used to, been used to doing it. And they said, invent a person, and um, the author used Cheryl, so that's what we use. And if you're ever frustrated with your spouse, just blame it on Cheryl. And it's become a big, it's become a big running joke, like Cheryl left a coffee cup for five hours in the, in the office. Can you believe it? I almost knocked it over. You know, Cheryl takes all the abuse uh, and occasionally gets some credit. Yeah, so like I said, patience and humor goes a long way. Well, you, and Lisa, you and Lisa are good introductions to two of the home paradigms, right? The, there's the yeah. two working – there's the two working uh, family with a, a, a child that's generally at a point of some agency in, in Abby's case. Then you got yeah. Lisa's family, which is a one working spouse with the other partner who's got just 
absolute chaos with multiple kids. <laughs> you need all hands on, on deck, right? And so, you know, Kathy and Jason are kind of in, in between. Jason, you got two at the house that are, you've got two that are working in your home, but older, you know, kind of an older kid who can handle mm-hmm. her own business and maybe one who needs your time. So that's a little bit of a different split. And, uh, you know, Kathy, tell us what's going on in the Kohler house. What's your all's routine looking like at this point to the degree there is one? Um, well, I'd say that my middle schooler is thrilled that school starts at nine now and he can sleep yeah. in and that he thinks should carry on for many years. <laughs> um, and he is really in that sweet spot for this because he's completely independent and um, the middle school teachers have done just such a great job that he kind of just disappears still from nine to three and, and pops in for lunch. Um, and Sam uh, is definitely... I would say the lower school kids are really <laughs> getting used to um, still needing to do the work, even though it's being presented by mom or dad. Yeah. And um, but he he has liked it, and that he really enjoys the 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 Google meetups with his with his friends. And um, uh, it is it is so far it's been good. I really I think they have adapted to it really well. How are you and Spencer managing work, uh, par- you know, parent teaching and th- those responsibilities? Spencer is officially retired from parent teaching. <laughs> um, so he, he doesn't get the joys of that, and, but he is working from home. And I think um, I, as an adult, it's got to be hard for him because he is used to kind of coming into the house and commanding and has not um, ever encountered me saying, shh. The kids are on a call. Be quiet. <laughs> so yeah. they get kind of first priority in the ha- in uh, in the day now, and so I think that's been unusual. And just to have him around during the day has definitely been. But I think the kids again are really taking advantage of that and like seeing him at home during the day. Yeah, this this uh, this this uh, uh, kind of interme- intermeshing of home and work or school and work is a challenging phenomenon, right, Jason? So like you can hear in Adam and Kim's case, like it, it's, you know, basically completely permeable and really knowing when to shut off and stop going to work and go home, right? Mm-hmm. Or come home from work as in Spencer's case and realize that you can't really be at home like you were. Like how are the Creoles finding that? Cause you got really busy work, you know, b- busy work environment. So how's that working for you guys? So much like Adam's wife, um, I've worked from home for the last several years. So for me, it's been okay. It hasn't been that much of an adjustment, except for the fact that I'm an only child and all these people are up in my space all the time. (laughs) I need to find a closet somewhere to like take a bottle of vodka and and just be alone for a bit. Um, But we've been, we're lucky in that we have a big enough space, big enough house where we can kind of separate out um, the different work areas. So the kids don't work in their bedroom because, you know, that's your bedroom. They don't work at the kitchen table because that's where we eat. So Michaela um, had taken over my office and has decided she doesn't like that anymore. So she's now up, like, when I say this, you're going to think I'm crazy. She's up in a closet upstairs, but it's not like a tiny closet. It's a big (laughs) closet. And, you know, Lawson is now in my office. So I'm like at the dining room table, but we're able to uh, manage that split. So we have we're not actually leaving the house, but we're leaving our work area to go to our bedroom. We're leaving our work area to go eat lunch to kind of give that separation. Even if it's only 15 to 20 feet, 
it's, it's a bit of a separation that you get to, you know, kind of turn your brain off um, from, from school mode or work mode to family mode. Yeah, I made the conscious decision for both my own mental sanity and probably those of my two high school boys at home and, and my and my blessed wife that, uh, you know, it was best for me to come to the office. There were also things that necessitated um, a handful of us being uh, present. So, um, you know, that that has been um, super helpful for me in ways that I would have had a very difficult time doing what you're just describing, sort of allocating one part of our house as the work part of house and the other the home part. Uh, would, would have been a real challenge for me having never been one that works at home. So, you know, setting up these routines and structures, helping our kids do the same, you know, again, part of this really cataclysmic and, uh, you, you know, with, without, without preparation uh, shift that we've had to make uh, here in these, in these last few weeks. And talking to the kids, though, and this may be the case here, I mentioned to tap into where the adults are on it. It was very clear that uh, there were sort of epiphanal, uh, uh, kind of an epiphanal re- reestablishment of priorities like that, uh, that reappeared like just out of nowhere. They're like, this is awesome. I love having time to get my work done. Uh, Caleb talked about a senior and just really steeping into my assignments and, and to give them the time that they need or require almost to a, to a kid. Um, they talked about the connection back to, to family uh, and, and the ability to spend some time in those points of priority. So you know, amidst all of this anxiety and and um, and 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 stress and and sense of discomfort, like what are your families rediscovering that had been lost amidst the flurry of life uh, pre-coronavirus? I think for for our family, you know, we were very sad when this all happened. It was the beginning of baseball season for our kiddos, and we had only had one game, and and they were lo- really looking forward to it, and. On the pro side, um, going into weekends now, we get the um, you know lazy Sunday afternoons of the 80s that we really have no place to go <laughs> or nothing to do, um, and we can play baseball in our backyard. We just can't have any friends do it with us. Um, so that's been nice, like you were saying earlier, just slowing down life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids, it sounds like, enjoy the same thing that the kids from last week were talking about, that that they didn't even realize that they would um, enjoy it as much as they do not having all of their activities. Yeah, I mean, it's like Kathy said, she said slowing down life. But for us, we've also found that we're communicating all the time now. I mean, throughout the day that normally we might not have communication, you know, while my husband Bijel's at work and while I'm, you know, with the children, there's not that communication during the day that is happening constantly now, you know, and we're both just more in the loop with each other's day-to-day lives because we're living together, you know, all, all day long. All the time, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's, this is a horrible situation that we're in, but there's, there's been pluses to it also. I mean, we've. Yeah, so that, that enhanced, that, that sense of, of slow, a slower pace, and, and uh, that, family, that family time enhanced communication. What are the Creoles and the Dimitros missing? Like what is, what's the biggest miss? Is it, is, it the, is it the evident lack of connection with friends and people or is there something else in the new normal that's, that's come up uh, above the surface, Jason, to say, I really, we really miss this as a family? Um, I think for us, it's, uh, it's the social interaction, like the, you know, the face-to-face social interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we, 
Okay, I'll, we, we, we kind of broke the rules a little bit this weekend. One of Lawson's buddies had a birthday. We took him some cupcakes and left them on the porch. And <laughs> we were socially distanced, you know, yeah. like seven or eight feet apart, having a conversation yeah. and just being with people. Like, just not – I love my family, don't get me wrong, but not these three people. I got to be with other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, for me, it's that. Yeah, the people. That social interaction. Yeah. How about you, Adam? What are you out missing you think most? Yeah, I, the same as Jason. Uh, I think it's a social interaction, being able to go out to the restaurant. You know, uh, we had a big uh, trip planned, you know, in the summer. So that's that's not going to happen. We were going to go overseas. But um, I think all of us, everybody I've talked to can put it in perspective when you see, you know, what's happening on the front lines with nurses, doctors, you know, folks doing deliveries, risking themselves literally at a target to, you know, bring you goods. Um it puts it into perspective, but yeah, just like Jason said, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, I'm an introvert. So I'm a little bit lucky that, uh, I'm probably better mentally, uh, uh, able to handle this. My wife is more of an extrovert, so she's bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Uh, the dog is completely confused. Uh, he doesn't know why we're all here. I think he's happy about it, but, uh, so, but yeah, it's like Jason said. Yeah. There's a lot of happy, there are a lot of happy pets out there. I mean, I would say the smaller things like in our family, we miss like Molly and I, Molly and I um, fight for time as all busy families do. And so at 7.30 every Sunday morning, we go to mass at St. Rita. As we've been watching it on the computer at home, you know, and doing Sunday service from the, from the kitchen table, I would say that's a big miss. That's a big miss for us, you know? And, and so, you know, yeah, you miss the people and those interactions. I think there are some of those elements of, of, um, your micro routine that are almost so invisible that you wouldn't ever articulate them in another context that when you put them into this new um, set of strictures um, become pretty glaring absences um, again, manageable in the, in the scale of things that, um, you know, Adam was, I think just appropriately detailing, but nevertheless, you start to, you start to miss them. Um, you start to miss them a little bit. You, the, the phenomenons of this, element of like what's going to remain once life comes back to normal whenever that is this element of pace and time that you've talked about is one i'm going to really be monitoring not just as an interested citizen like are actually parents going to stay home in the weekend and not put their kids into a million select sports but i'm also as a school head you know uh, wondering it and i talked about this with the kids and i've actually raised this on campus in the last year or so with our leadership team about this buffet that we lay out at parish with signature programs and leadership in STEM and Academy of Global Studies and vibrant arts programs and uh, athletics programs, we lay this buffet out. And I had students come in and talk to our leadership team last summer because I really wanted to hear from them. Are we putting too much food on the buffet? And when we do, like any student, you're just going to eat everything. And do we need to limit our buffet to help you have a more manageable life? Or do we have to coach you better on how to choose from the buffet? Right. And so this idea of the pandemic now has all of a sudden made our buffet essentially, you know, the entree and the vegetable and a little dessert. And that's it. You don't get any other choices. And it's interesting to me hear so many people saying, wow, maybe better for us. The question will be if we were to start constricting that buffet at Parish afterwards from a value proposition standpoint, from a vibrancy of community standpoint, from the, uh, you know, from essentially the growth that it brings to our kids to be able to seep into all of it better or worse. Interesting question, isn't it? So I don't, I don't know, like what you think is going to persist or should persist around schedule and pace. What do y'all think? 
Well, I think, you know, some degree you guys have already seen and are making some adjustments like the PE program in middle school mm -hmm. um, and changing it so that sports are sooner during the day. And I, I do think um, to some degree, now what is it that I want to have removed? I don't really know. Not <laughs> that I think my kids are doing, but um, that, uh, but to some degree, yeah, we'd all like to have a little bit of our, our time back. Um, but it, yeah, that's a really hard question. Where do you, where do you find that? And yep. if you ask my middle schooler again, he would say that's between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. where he'd like to have the time back. <laughs> <laughs> the late start, we've definitely heard a lot about. And I don't think there's a right answer to the notion of, of pace and scope, but I, I think it's going to challenge all of us when we get back. Uh, whenever, again, if it's a gradual lifting of the distancing and the suppression of activity, um, you know, does that help us? Uh, pace back out to where we were, essentially, you know, run a little bit quicker, but not sprint the level we were, or do we decide not to sprint that fast? I don't know. Yeah, it's good. But, I mean, it's good. I, I would love to see see them not necessarily get restricted in the in the buffet, if you will, but let's teach them portion control. Because I think even as an adult, that's something that we all struggle with, is, is trying to take on too many things. Um, so maybe if we could shift uh, their perspective and saying, oh, look what all these amazing things I have, like getting them to acknowledge uh, lots of amazing choices here, but I only have enough stomach for two, you know, things like that. Um, if we can get them thinking in, along those lines, I think we'd be better off. But with that said, I would love it if things slow down a touch. Um, you know, it's, it's been nice. It, it, I think, I remember who it was, I think it was happy was talking about the lazy Sundays, you know, from yeah, the 80s. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all spent those weekends, uh, you know, chasing, chasing uh, the next event around. And, um, you know, I know about the pace that a lot of our kids um, run at school. I know the pace that I run at school uh, on, a, on a given basis uh, from early morning to evening activities. And, uh, you know, if nobody complains about the vibrancy of it and what the kids are, are able to uh, make manifest in their talents and exhibit there, it's all fantastic. It's just a lot. <laughs> it's 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 always been recognized as a lot in in the comparative realities now of how we're living each day and what we recall and what it's like when we're in normal at normal pace. It's been, um, I think, a dramatic a dramatic difference. So let's pivot. I've heard some um, exposure point and feedback and like what it's been like to have learning going on at the house and and generally. Um, Kind of uh, hearing about how the uh, the older the the student is, uh, you know, the the more seamless this transition uh, ha has been. Uh, but it but in general, if you were to um, you know give a high, maybe a low, something you like to see enhanced, those kind of three areas there, maybe what would you what would you cite as the high low? Um, let's throw some of those out. Uh, three and a half four weeks into this new endeavor called Parish from a Distance. I mean, I'll start. I think, you know, so I'm, I'm teaching a first grader and a pre-K three. So we won't even talk about the pre-K three. We'll talk about, you know, from the first grader. And for me, the high has been, I don't know, sitting there and seeing how she learns and how she's, you know, the thought process to get to an addition, you know, an answer in an addition equation, but also, I've learned a lot from our teacher in 
you know, okay, she's having a hard time with this concept. How do I teach this? Like, I mean, it's common sense to me, right? I know the answer, but how do you break it down and teach it to a child, um, you know, who's six years old? So that's probably the high. I've learned a lot, you know, in watching how she learns and how I can help her. Um, the, The low is when she's crying because she can't come up with her catchy phrase to start off her pet review. I mean, those are the lows for us is just when she's so frustrated and, you know, in some ways I don't know how to help her besides just tell her the answer. So um, we've had lots of crying and I don't want to do this. And one of the cutest things I heard was one of the little girls in our class told her mom that she does not like her substitute and that she wants her teacher back. <laughs> mom was like, so sorry. So, I mean, kind of the same thing in our house. Caitlin yeah, the other interesting thing is, Lisa, who's crying Who's crying more, you or Caitlin? I that, mean, I uh, wanted to cry through the whole process. I will admit that. But, I mean. bless, your, bless your heart. And that phraseology, I am teaching as a parent, we recognize is a reality for, uh, for our lower school constituents and, and, uh, and, and one that is uh, right now, anyway, until we figure out some other potential ways to attack this. Uh, one that is part and parcel of the system. But I love your insight about parents being able to see how their child learns or how their child comes to academics because parents oftentimes presume who they see at home each day is who comes to school or what story comes home from school from kid is the accurate portrayal of what's actually happened at school. And I've heard more than a couple anecdotal evidences now of parents who've gotten some uh, aha moments on uh, what what we see at school, uh, right? Uh, they are now seeing as as, as uh, students in their own home school. So it's a pretty interesting interesting phenomenon. What's been a high or low for you, Jason? Working, um, you know, working with um, at least one of your kiddos who's older. Um, well, with Michaela, who you know, she's a sophomore, so it's uh, it, it's good. It's it's a high. I would consider it a high to see her tackle her classes the way she has. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as opposed to, you know, just sitting back and, and letting things roll at her. She's, she's jumping up. I mean, she's doing everything she needs to do and, and more, if you will. Uh, so it's been good to see her kind of tackle that as opposed to thinking, ah, you know, I'm at home. I can, I can, I don't have to log into zoom right at the start, but she's, she's being very cognizant of, of her daily schedule and, and what she needs to get done. So that's been good for us. Yeah, that's um, something the agency Adam had talked about earlier with with yeah. Abby. That just they, that ability to kind of go in and tackle it and and develop your develop your sea legs. Um, yeah, and but, we're seeing a bit of that with Lawson as well, which is pretty yeah. cool. I mean, he yeah. that kid he 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 gets up in the morning. And he's like, hey, it's it's is the video up yet? I'm like, dude, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> First off, why are you up at seven o'clock? Because school doesn't start till nine. <laughs> and two, no, no, slow down, because he wants to rip through his day as fast as he can. Because yeah. then. You know, PE coach dad can go play basketball or ride bikes. Right, right. That that would be my high with him and my low at the same time. So um, it's been good. Yeah, the older kids, and I don't know if Mikhail has found this. I mean, we've definitely heard um, about workload. So uh, I know there's been a lot of effort in the last, uh, in in this particular week and and end of last week to try to modulate um, Mm -hmm. workload somewhat so don't know if that's been one of the down down spots for you guys it has yeah we discussed it with Michaela last week um and and it it, she her words were it feels like they think we're at home therefore we have more time (laughs) when in reality we really don't have that much more time 
So uh, I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk with her this week, but it does feel like it's kind of backed off a touch, but yeah. I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, no, it's going to take a little time to recalibrate, I think. Mm-hmm. Adam, how, how, are you guys, how are you guys experiencing the highs and lows of uh, Parish from a distance? Well, I think what uh, I think all three said, you know, Lisa and Jason um, put it best where it's neat to see your kid learn. Yeah. Um, you don't often get that chance, you know, so that, that's neat. Uh, the one, one of the lows was, was uh, Abby came to me for help with math. And I had to go to the Khan Academy briefly to, to figure out what <laughs> I was doing. And it, I needed a refresher myself, which was, uh, yeah, I, dad, dad is definitely not invincible. She, she's learning over the years as she gets older. Um, <laughs> The, the, the high had to be uh, helping her with a homework assignment that I probably normally um, she would have done with her tutor. Um, we did it. She, uh, I think all the fourth graders got an assignment on the lost boys, um, the orphan kids, uh, uh, boys from the Sudan. And um, what, which was pretty intense. I was like impressed that, you know, 10 year olds were going through that because it's pretty, uh, it can be pretty graphic description of the violence and the tragedy, but, um, I went through it with Abby and I could tell the first time we read it, she really didn't understand, you know, the impact, what these boys went through. And we went over it and over it again, probably late into the night. Normally we would not have gone to like nine thirty normally on a normal school night. But I think like Jason said, you know, you don't have to get up that early and we don't have that problem with Abby, Jason, by the way, she <laughs> sleeps until like, uh, until eight. she's like a, like a college kid, but th- that was really neat, uh, to go, you know, the humanity side to help her with that project. Uh, that assignment, understand it, was something that I normally wouldn't get a chance to do. So that was a real big high for me. That's yeah. you know, yeah, it's neat. It's it is compelling us to uh, to, to to partner a little bit more with our kids at the at the house, uh, even even the olders uh, in, in some instances to to do that. We've tried to pair parish learning from a distance with belonging from a distance, and so to, you know, to the degree we can capture some of the spirit of the place, our faith based elements, the work of our centered program. Um, you know, we are really trying to capture uh, elements of that vibrancy and uh, even are going to have a, a spirit week coming up next week. And, and uh, that's the, that's the other big challenge in building this infrastructure is to not just, you know, deliver uh, the, this, this somewhat um, uh, kind of core function of the business, which is the teaching and learning, but to, uh, to to add some of the vibrancy of the of the spirit of the place. So is, is that coming home to your families in any way yet? Or is it still just really difficult to feel through the computer screen? I'd be, I'd be curious as to, uh, I'd be curious as to how your family's feeling that anybody could jump in who's had an experience with it. I, I definitely think um, that it's coming home um, from the lower school standpoint, the class meetings that the kids have been able to have every day. I know just are the highlight of Sam's day and, and reminds him you know, that, that all the teachers are still there for him and mm-hmm. that it can still be fun and he can still have those relationships. And um, Tony was really excited to see Chris Anderson's email and video um, to them today, you know, mm-hmm. reminding them that he's still thinking about them and they're trying to bring the parish experience to them from that. Yeah. And he's super excited about everything going on next week with middle school students. And, um, you know, I, I definitely think that the kids are, are starting to feel like uh, they're they're back in their community. Yeah, interesting. Anybody I think to you? yeah to echo Kathy, I think the, the lower school has done a fantastic job with the uh, with the, the Google Meets and you know getting getting the class together. And I don't know if this is just a second grade thing or if this is extended beyond. But um, I know uh, Lee Ray's class on say 
Tuesdays, the boys get to hang around the Google meets for another 15, 20 minutes and be goofy boys. Yeah. And then on Thursdays, the girls get to hang around for a few extra minutes. And I know that has made a huge impact on Lawson making him feel like he's still connected with, with his class as much as possible. Um, from a parent perspective, I, I think tomorrow the 10th grade class, I think we're doing a, a parent's happy hour. Oh, nice. So we'll see how that goes. I have yeah. done a couple of those and um, should be interesting. Yeah, that's great. I'm catching a chapel every day, you know, and I'm trying to plug in, plug in there. I know our, our social emotional counselors have been making um, you know, calls to, to students um, and, and trying to convene small groups of kids as well. I think in some ways, uh, though, the uh, learning from a distance has been a, a huge learning curve um, for us. This element of how to capture um, the heart of the place and and convey it from a distance will be um, a a point of um, really significant improvement um, as we go through the remaining uh, part of this uh, the year, however long it may take up to May 4th, or if we have to um, beyond that. So I hope we'll be able to uh, bring, bring both aspects of the value proposition of Parish, the academics and the community uh, to, to life um, as we, as we live in this new, this new reality. So uh, I'm really appreciative of you guys taking the, taking the time to do this and uh, it's good to, to see you even through through screen and miss having people on these these campuses and uh, we certainly miss your kids a ton and uh, are looking forward to the day uh, when when we're when we're back here and, and uh, have a chance to be back in community again so thanks for thanks for taking the time to be in the front of my angle podcast but you guys are like podcast veterans <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you awesome. thank you Dave. all right y'all be well right, appreciate it cheers Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share with friends and colleagues in your network. In our next episode, I will return again with another pandemic-related topic as together we continue to process this peculiar and challenging end to the 2019-2020 school year. Until the next time, stay well. Thanks for joining me on the From My Angle podcast.